And so there's a lot of like little things that still need to be worked out with this. Yeah. And, and obviously we want to avoid a thing where like, we want to avoid like elitism or classism or like only like a certain exactly. demographic of people get the vaccine. So that's why they're trying to make it like a blanket thing as, as blanket as possible, like just covering everyone so that like no specific group of people has an advantage over another. Hey everyone, welcome back to Distance. It has really been a hot minute. Don't worry, the project is not dying, but you know, you know, we've just, as as the pandemic sort of gets out of the national and international spotlight, um, in some cases appropriately, in other cases not, we uh, just still wanted to keep talking to you and giving some like information about what's going on. So I'm here today with Yvonne and Zainab, and we're just going to be talking kind of about like some updates. And if you guys want to say hi or introduce, everyone kind of knows if you (laughs) would. Yeah, I guess I'll go first. So hey, guys, if you don't know me, my name is Yvonne Ndarza. I am 17 years old and I am a junior and I live in Austin, Texas, and I go to boarding school in Rhode Island. So yep, that's the gist of me. Hi guys, it's Zainab. Um, I'm from Washington, D.C. I go to a boarding school in Connecticut. I've been working with COVID Year Project since April and I edit videos and work on the podcast. Hey, um, all right. So with that, I guess we like this is sort of just an update episode. So we kind of want to talk, but also we want to talk about what arguably is the biggest update. I don't know when our last recording was when we really updated y'all, but like the vaccine. Um because that will, if it goes well, halt everything. Like that will be the end of this whole thing. Um, and it will just become a seasonal thing. It'll become like, we don't even know. But um, a vaccine is definitely hopeful. And we have a lot of information on it that is well-researched and we want to talk about and sort of evaluate. So that's going to be our first sort of conversation. It'll probably break into other ones as we go <laughs> along. All right. So um, I guess I'll start a little bit with the vaccine. So According to the Milken Institute, worldwide, there are about 237 total vaccines in production. This includes preclinical to phase three, just everything, right? So there are 237 total vaccines in the works. And and as of right now, there are also 319 total treatments available for people with COVID-19. And then with the phases, according to the New York Times in the vaccine tracker, which I do recommend that you guys go check out, it is really, really helpful and has a lot of information on, vac- on current vaccines being developed and their stages. Um, there are 41 tri- uh, vaccines currently in the phase one trial, which is vaccine testing uh, for like safely. And then phase two, there are 17 vaccines, which is for uh, expanded safety trials. Then in phase three, there are 13 vaccines, which are being used in large scale efficacy tests. And there are seven vaccines currently in limited use around the world and zero have been approved for total use. And so the big main compet- the big main uh, names that you've been hearing in the news right now are AstraZeneca, Pfizer, and Moderna. They are some of the most um, advanced with the vaccine uh, research right now, and also the Sputnik V. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the vaccines first. AstraZeneca, which was uh, produced in collaboration with Oxford University, it's a revolutionary type of uh, vaccine. Basically, the researchers from Oxford and AstraZeneca use an Moderna virus, which is usually causes it usually causes colds in chimps. They genetically altered the virus so that it carried the gene for a coronavirus protein, which helps the body recognize the infection and produce antibodies in order to fight it off. The thing that's really interesting is that it has been tested 
for decades, but has never been used or licensed until July of this year when Johnson & Johnson uh, got approved from the Ebola vaccine. So this sort of treatment design, I guess, in the vaccine is like revolutionary. It's never been used before except for the Y'all Ebola get your, your Johnson & Johnson stock. <laughs> God, they're, all the all the vaccine company stocks they're skyrocketing imagine covid but yeah. yeah um right now they're in clinical trials and really something really interesting that scientists are really puzzled about is with all the vaccines a lot of them don't know if they want to do one injection or two injections and the thing with two injections the hypothesis was that it'd probably be better because like you know um it'd be more strength in the vaccine right but actually, scientists found out that one injection had 90% effectiveness, while two injections only had 62% effectiveness. And scientists do not know why, and they're still trying to research that. And I just find that really interesting, to my opinion. And so then the AstraZeneca vaccine, it will cost probably 3 to $4 per dose, but still needs to be submitted to the uh, FDA. And now we've got... Um, Pfizer and bio and BioNTech vaccine, which is really interesting because on December 2nd, they were just um, authorized, the UK authorized their vaccine for emergency use. Um, and is the first Western country to ever use the vaccine. So I'm trying not to laugh because Elson on screen right now, we're on Zoom, has these like this weird filter thing. Antlers. Yeah. How'd you get that? It's um yo zoom filters. Um, I did just not go, know that was a thing. You can't. Oh you guys haven't been using zoom filters this whole time. Okay, listeners, if you're know. still here, that was a lot of information. So we'll take a little break and just yeah, we'll take a little break. The importance now. of zoom filters. So basically, on your zoom, go to stop video and then to the left or to the right. Sorry, there's a little arrow. Yeah. You click on that little arrow and then you choose choose video filter, and then there are all those filters. I didn't. I cannot see it. Maybe my name isn't updated. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's so fancy. Oh, my God. It's so fun. You can do, like, all... There's a mask one. Oh, my God. Elson's doing, like, every single one right now. And then there's one filter that's just red. Swag glasses. Oh, do you guys have, like, the green screens? <gasps> yes. I, my, whenever my friends and I go on Zoom, it's like we always have the green screens. Because, like, it's right next to video filters. It's right next to virtual backgrounds. So. I don't oh, know. I see it. The green screen is recognizing my skin as the green screen for some reason. Oh, and you have recognizing to recognize the ray of light in the background as a green screen. Nice. Oh my god. Um, yeah, well, right. that's a really that, fun thing. That was a good little break because that was a lot of information. Um, yeah. So next, uh, like I was saying, the Pfizer and BioNTech vaccine that's being currently distributed in the UK for emergency use. This vaccine has a ninety-five percent effective rate effectiveness rate and on November 2nd it was given to the FDA and is waiting waiting approval and there is no long-term or short-term side effects which is pretty good and Moderna um, they submitted to the FDA on November 30th for emergency use and there's literally like right after Pfizer sent their application Moderna followed suit and they, and if it gets like um, accepted and approved it could they could start distributing it by like December like of this year so that's pretty incredible. Now, the thing that's really impressive about these vaccines, about Moderna and Pfizer, is that they use something called mRNA. And basically with oh, this- we learned about that in bio last year, all y'all biology students. If any bio teachers are listening, you're gonna, you're gonna love this. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's also very revolutionary because with this vaccine, basically 
mRNA or the messenger RNA is a type of uh, genetic material. And it is in the, in COVID because obviously it has genetic material. And so basically it uses the mRNA in the vaccine. And what it does is that the vaccine will um, inject this mRNA into your cells. And the mRNA creates, um, has the genetic material to create the spike proteins of COVID. And the spike proteins are how the coronavirus is able to connect to your cells and replicate. And so what happens is that the vaccine basically gives the genetic material to make these, these uh, spike proteins. And then the cells begin to make those spike proteins. And then because of that, it triggers an immune response in the body, creating antibodies. So it's a one of a kind, and it's now and this actually this type of method of vaccine has been tested by Moderna for years, but this is the first time it's ever been brought to market. That was a lot of information, guys, but it's just really, really fascinating. Okay, so now let's debrief. Um, I don't know. I I kind of obviously you know there it's it's just so interesting how many different like aspects there are. Like you know you guys know like the space race and everything. How like internationally there's like a lot of like mm-hmm. like COVID development by like by governments and like, I don't know, like that's been a thing in the past with things like this. And I think it's like sort of interesting to see how like things play in on a global scale, but also just between like within the free market, like within like certain companies sort of like racing to find the cure. It's just like interesting how like how many different levels of like competition there are. Um, and it's, it's also interesting to see that like there isn't from my understanding i mean if i'm wrong correct me but there isn't like too much like collaboration in that area it's not like people yeah. like companies are like working together to like get their side like colleges are working together like universities are like or like it's not like like even like nations hardly um so i just think that's interesting how everything's so separated and it's sort of like a competition which i guess is good in a way because it's like pressuring people to work faster um but yeah i don't know yeah. do you guys that completely makes sense. Although in the world of science, everything is shared. And I imagine these companies, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but I imagine, but from what I've seen, I believe these companies are sharing their scientific data because science, you know, the whole point of science is to share. And so um, even if these, vac- if these companies developing these vaccines are working differently, they're all sharing the same data. And yeah. by everyone sharing this data, it helps create a better idea of what a good vaccine will be, a, a good, safe vaccine will be for the general population. And that's the thing really interesting but um, to me. But yeah, there's not a lot of collaboration in terms of like companies or governments working together. I know the WHO has a, vac- is tra- has a vaccine program where a lot of countries are working together. Although um, I do think this idea of having um, sort of a race is really helping speed up the process considering this is the, the fastest the vaccine has probably ever been developed. Like this is incredible. You know, there's, there hasn't really been anything like this. For example, the Ebola vaccine I was talking about, it took five years for the Ebola vaccine to be developed. And that was with private companies and stuff. All the, but um, I, guess, uh, I guess also the reason it's going so fast is the urgency just because we, uh, it's getting so bad now and it needs to stop so we can like go back to normal life. But um, yeah, I think it needs, there needs to be like a healthy um, form of collaboration, but also competitiveness. Because competitiveness, I think, is also driving yeah. this race for these vaccines. I feel like the lack of collaboration has like pros and cons. Because like if everyone's working together with the same resources, doing the same experiments, it's like harder to like make new discoveries. But if like 
one company in like Italy is doing this and another one in Russia is doing a different thing. Like there's more opportunities for like something to be discovered. And I didn't even think about like the space race. Like that's such a great example of how like countries are competing against each other. Like which one's the best. Um, but I was wondering what you guys, what your opinions were on um, distributing the vaccines. Like who gets it first? Because I feel like I don't know. I feel like that's a really interesting question. Well, um, I have the facts here, so I can quickly go through that, and then we can discuss our Let's uh, do an op-ed after. <laughs> yes, here we go. All right. So this is according to the CDC and the ACIP, and the ACIP is the Adv Advisory Committee on the Immunization Practices, which is under the CDC. So the first to get the vaccine are are going to be healthcare workers and residents at long-term care facilities. It'll probably be this winter, so like December through January, and Long and what I mean by residents of long-term healthcare, long-term care facilities is like retirement homes and a lot of places where there are a lot of like older people or people more susceptible to this virus. And then second is going to be quote unquote workers in essential and critical industries, people at high risk of COVID-19 illness due to underlying medical conditions, and people 65 years and older. So basically, the healthcare workers are going to be the very first to get it, and then. And then people in uh, retirement homes. The second will be like just general people at risk of COVID nineteen and general uh, healthcare uh, essential workers. Essential. The definition of essential worker varies by state and by country. Like for example, some states are thinking are um, thinking of immunizing teachers, and others aren't. And that's an example. And the teachers can be classified as essential worker in one state, but not in another. And then uh, the last people to get it will be the general public, and that will start most likely between early spring is when we will have access to the vaccine. And so this is really fast actually. And then this distribution should, um, is going to be at hospitals, state health departments, clinics and doctor's offices, pharmacies and grocery chains, long-term care facilities, military treatment facilities, and certain federally uh, run sites. So that's all the information. Now for the opinion time. Wow. Um, Zainab, do you wanna? add anything I'm still, I might also go upstairs because like the wife is a little bit weird down here. also for all our uh, audio listeners Elson currently has the uh, not only a filter right now of like a flower crown but her background is the Covidio website logo yep. and I yes. am living for that right now also I wanted to mention um Xanab you like we're doing a um filter and it like put it over like everything what you have to do there is click um there's a thing that says i have a green screen so you just have to unclick that and then it'll like make it normal yeah um, zainab is currently like blending into her thing that happened to me for so long and i literally never figured it out um but yeah it's like you have to like unclick the green screen thing oh my god yeah the picture is like really weird it was like this creepy graveyard that my friends and i used to go to because it was the only place we were allowed to go off campus for a while <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot of people arguing on whether or not um, people 60 and above should get it because people are saying, well, like a 30 year old hasn't lived as long as like a 60 year old. And I think like this is going to cause a lot of uproar because people are going to be like, well, why doesn't like, why don't I get it? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the way it is, it's like, and I guess that like to someone like, oh, that would make sense. Like, why would they go to them first? But like, the whole, as this vaccine is being distributed, the whole point right now is to like lower the amount of deaths because there's a lot of deaths right now. And so by targeting these people who are the most, uh, 
the most compromised or the ones that are most um, exposed to COVID-19, like people over 65 and healthcare workers, it will help drive down um, death rates, which will also in turn help drive down infection rates. And exactly. that's why they're prioritizing all these, um, the older folks. But like a way to think of it, it's not just because they're old, it's just because they're at, more at risk than, for example, us, who we are exactly. like 16, no, 16, 17. We don't have any underlying healthcare health conditions versus someone with like, for example, lupus or exactly. um, someone who's 65. They're more at risk or a healthcare worker who's always around people with COVID. Mm-hmm. And then like, like you mentioned, like who gets to decide like, whether or not a teacher gets one. I mean, I don't know how I really feel about that just because like they are like, it is a, a very important job, but also it's not like mandatory to be in person. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought that the fact it's, it's so interesting because like my school had this whole thing going on where essentially like they were mandating that like teachers come in no matter what, essentially, unless they like stood by the like CDC guidelines, but then certain people like, okay, well, I have a kid who's at risk or something like, and there was all of this like uproar and like the, like this, like basically this like group of students like wrote out a open letter to like everyone in the entire school was like this like sign this petition this can't happen Mm -hmm. it was like this whole thing about how like you know you have to go to work and you have to like do your job but like do you actually have to go into work like are you going like if you're susceptible to like catching the virus so like I don't know I just think it's interesting how you oh you also brought up like definitions of like at risk and like um like first responders and like um I don't know what was the term (laughs) like but like people who have been like like near sick people I don't know it's just interesting because like like it's I think it might become like very controversial very fast and also there's like this whole thing with like like we talked with Destiny about this how like like on I know that like on indigenous reservations like they don't have access to so much stuff and it's been like a mess this whole time like it always is a mess because the government just doesn't help reservations at all but like like I I think that like if that people need to be really careful about it especially with distribution because it could become a thing where it's like disproportionately affecting people if they don't get access and like um or if, if like the prices rise for it or like if something happens, it could literally end up being like very classist or racist or like just like like mm-hmm. if certain communities aren't being given it or like, I don't know. I just think people need to be very aware of that. Like, oh, yeah, aspect. for sure. Because like it can quickly go down, uh, uh, definitely go down a slippery slope. But um, yeah, like with healthcare workers, remember, like we live in urban environments, right? We have access to the internet. If people did want to go online, they can. What about people in rural communities? What about people who don't have access to the internet? There's millions of people in the United States that don't live in the current situation that we do. And so, but for for example, I remember seeing a lot of these like rural or older towns where they're trying to do online school, but they just can't because they don't have access to the internet. And so they just have to do online. And some people have even been, sometimes they've even resorted to like, having buses with mobile Wi-Fi stations uh, stationed around neighborhoods so that they can get people to Wi-Fi or people have had to come to school, but like they all go to school outside to just to get Wi-Fi from the building. And so for some people, it's not an option to do online school. And so, or like a lot, or for, for some people, it's not an option to like do online. It just has to be in person regardless of whatever uh, essential reason. And so I think by prioritizing um, 
for example, teachers and all these different sort of um, uh, essential workers after the first people get it, like the healthcare workers and the and uh, people at long-term care facilities, I think it'll just help the nation generally as a whole become more equitable, I guess, with the, with the, with the distribution of the vaccine, just because everyone's going to get it. You know, it's not going to be like only people in cities are going to get it. And like, it'll yeah, help yeah. everyone in the end. It may not be, it may not make sense for us when we can do it online, but for other people that might, it like, it is, it is a valid option for them. I think something, and this is hard because, oh God, we need Medicare for all. But I think <laughs> like, cause with all like private insurance companies, like it, it will make it more complicated, but I think like this would be weird to just say out loud, but like if you're under a certain like income or if you make like, and maybe the Biden administration would do something like this, but like for distribution purposes, like once first responders have gotten it and stuff, like if, um and like healthcare workers and, and essential workers have gotten it, like if you're under a certain income or like you make like under a certain like amount a year or something you're more like you get it before other people and that would just sort of limit like that's yeah I, I think like I think like no I think that that might like be good because I mean it would be weird like to say that straight out loud but it'd sort of be like like it would I, I don't know that that wouldn't end up ha- that would never happen but no, like I, I get what you mean yeah, but something I, I like it. distribution like like you said, like certain kids can't literally go back to school because they don't have Wi-Fi and like they can't like or they have to be in school or like if, if like certain schools like public school districts like have to be in school, they have to be doing things like obviously they should get like in the same way that like someone has to be working with sick people. Like if you have to be around people all the time, just like essential workers, they have to be working. So like if you're a kid and you have to be in school, like you should be more likely to get that's, but then that opens up a whole new gate of like, how do you like determine that? Like, what is that? What is that derived from and stuff? So like, I just think it, like, it would be so easy to like mess this up for (laughs) distribution and like something where it's like, if you, have to go back or something or like I know like some kids at my school like oh like we have to take the metro so we can't go back to school but like our wi-fi is bad but like it it is just like opens up so many weird like gates and I think that like distributing it to people who don't necessarily have the best education systems could be good okay so yeah I get what opens up the sorry no you go ahead that opens up the conversation I think a lot of people have actually been having like since COVID started about like how it's disproportionately like affecting people of color or like people in low income areas and like just getting a test. Like I remember my teacher telling me that um, her test was like $185 and it's like some people don't have that much money to just like randomly get a test. Um, And that like obviously brings up like classism because what if like unless you make a certain income, oops, sorry, unless you have a certain income, like you can't afford the vaccine. Um, and my thing is like, how are they going to spread the information? And I'm like, what I'm thinking of is like homeless people or people who don't have access to internet. Like, how are people going to know about it? Um, that's a good point. I'm square. They just do a big billboard of it. (laughs) Like vaccine (laughs) out now. Uh, no, I don't know. That's a a good point. Okay. So I want to break this down. First of all, when, when, Okay, so first of all, when Elson said, like, they should do it by wealth, I was like, wait a minute, do you mean, like, only the rich will get it? No, no, God, no. I was like, um, I don't like that. You were like, I don't agree. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, I know. I was I was like, Yvonne, what? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, because that's what that's what I was initially thinking at first. Because I was like, oh, no. But, like, yeah, I get what you mean now. But I feel like it should be more like a blanket thing. And also, 
I researched how much a vaccine would cost. The most it would cost as of right now is $25. That could go up, but that, you know, the, these companies are trying to make it as inexpensive as possible. And remember, there's going to be multiple vaccines, like, for example, the AstraZeneca vaccine, which will cost three or four dollars. I also think like sorry to butt in, but it's so mm. like th- these people, half the country has literally refused to wear a mask, like refused. Yeah. It's like the simplest thing. So I'm also concerned about the fact that like, will they even take the vaccine? Like, will they be like, oh, well, this is like some government thing. Like, we're not going to take this. Like, this is like some weird thing. Like, they just want to kill us off. Like, the- people are weird. And like things and information gets around so quickly, like on Facebook and just everywhere that there could be so much misinformation spread about this vaccine or like s- the vaccines that end up coming out. And I think that that's also something like really scary to consider is that For like sure. half the country, like 70 million people, voted for Donald Trump knowing that he had no plan to solve this and knowing that there was no vaccine and that nothing would be done and knowing that like he had COVID-19 and he didn't take precautions like most of the country like half the country literally would like I mean I wouldn't say half but a good portion of the country I would assume will not take this vaccine which is weird because not weird but just like scary because then like the point of it is so that you like flatten the curve and nobody gets the the virus anymore but like if they're not taking it then like what's the point exactly and like it reminds me of a tiktok that i saw that like it was like this lady and she was like um this is just my opinion i don't care if there's a vaccine like i'm just gonna keep on wearing a mask and i'm not gonna let the government inject me with chemicals and all the comments were agreeing and i was like this is scary like she's fear-mongering fear-mongering before the vaccine is even out and like trying to push this narrative that like we're all gonna die and it's like it's like the same thing with people who don't want to wear a mask it's like this is to help you so i don't know why people are so against People will be like, oh my gosh, I hate the, you know, I can't wait till this is all over. No more masks, no more blah, 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 no more lockdowns. And then they'll be like, but I'm not taking the vaccine. And it's like, that's the whole, the, that's how this ends, the vaccine. But it's really scary because like, okay, first of all, when people say they're going to inve- in, in, like inject, um, what's it called? Like microchips or whatever. First of all, that's impossible. Second of all, <laughs> if the sword about being tracked, then they should get rid of their phones because their phones are literal, like... <laughs> They carry them everywhere with them. So if they're so worried about being spied on, I don't understand they have like the phone with them 24-7 and all this technology. And second of all, I feel like people are starting to act as like act as if the government is becoming like tyrannical now. They're gonna force vaccinations and force lockdowns and force masks, and people are not gonna have any say in anything when that's just not true. No one's being forced to do a vaccine. Also, since birth, you are required to get like vaccines, like for example, uh I I, I can't think of them right now, but like a lot of them, a lot of diseases that we don't have to worry about, like measles. For example, like what happened a few years ago was that uh, there was a small outbreak of, of me, a worrying outbreak of measles in uh, Oregon or Washington because all these people getting it were unvaccinated children. And like there was worries that it could like start, they could really affect unvaccinated children and like have them die for no reason because there is a cure available for this disease, but the ch- but the parents were just not giving their children the vaccines and the thing is okay so i'm not saying that um okay obviously i want everyone to get the vaccine as much people as possible but we only need 75 percent of the population to actually get the vaccine in order for the population to develop herd okay immunity. yeah that's that's important but i still would urge people if you're listening please get the vaccine and if you know mm-hmm. someone who's anti-vax or is hesitant about the vaccine oh the they, anti-vaxxers right. so, yeah, they're yeah. wilding right now please know that this is 
100% safe science. These are hundreds and hundreds upon hundreds of medical experts who know what they're doing. They're trained in this type of like job and they know that this is a safe vaccine. You're going to be okay. It's not some government like control thing. Yeah. It's, not that, it's not like you're gonna die. It's not weird chemicals. It's going to be okay. <laughs> it's yeah. safe, trusted science. Exactly. It's also like not like they're the only people in the whole country who are getting it. Like millions of people, I feel like over time are going to get it. And like if people were really like dying from it, I think we'd know by now. Yeah, yeah. we would. Um, also, like no one wants like some other like big medical problem, like problem after the pandemic. Like no one's anyway, I don't think anyone listening to this needs convincing about like about, you know, if the government's trying to kill us. But I just think like, like, I mean, hopefully we can, we can have an episode on that as well. But like, I don't know. I just think it's, it's going to be like really interesting to see what goes down. And like when, I don't know, it's going to be weird. But it's yeah. definitely going to be weird. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to get the vaccine. My dad, my dad is, uh, um, what's it called? Classified essential worker in Texas. And so he might get the vaccine soon. But I don't know if that applies for like the families of essential workers. And so there's a lot of like little things that still need to be worked out with this. Yeah. And, and obviously we want to avoid a thing where like we want to avoid like elitism or classism where like only like a certain exactly. demographic of people get the vaccine. So that's why they're trying to make it like a blanket thing as as blanket as possible, like just covering everyone so that like no specific group of people has an advantage over another. Yeah, and that's so hard, so hard to like distinguish because I feel like you could take the, I mean, I don't know if this is true or not, but let's say there were like all the doctors in the United States and let's say it's like mostly like upper class white people, then someone could say like, that's racist, you know, and it's just like so many little things and it's like, how do we like distribute it in a way that's equal, but also benefiting the country because obviously we need people to take care of people who have COVID. Yeah. I honestly think just like incentivizing taking it in some way would also be yeah. cool. like it, obviously I mean, you're not going to punish people for not taking it but like saying like even making it free I think for like certain if that's possible I don't know how again I like if, if it's like being privately distributed which it probably will be like I don't I just feel like for certain like communities just making it free just makes it so much like easier and then they'll be like okay it's free i'll go take it versus like i'm paying for something that i feel like in the back of my mind might be a government ploy like in their minds like there is no reason to do that or if you're like if you can't afford it and you can't afford food and then you're like oh i want to get this vaccine for a disease i've never gotten or like anything i don't know i just think Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of reasons for people not to want it if it's like too pricey even 25 dollars, like for some people that's like yeah if you're on the edge of your like if you can that's like you can get several other things with that money that like and like without necessarily realizing how important the vaccine is because you, you have, have like access family, to information if you have like a family and you're very 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 low income 25 dollars can add up a lot if you're exactly. like really low income and so like i think they're trying to make it like as um 
as uh, accessible as possible with these low prices. $25 for a vaccine or like even $4 is like not a lot of money, but um, I think they should make it free or at least like, like free or at least very, very inexpensive for very low income communities because it could be $25 for like six people, for example, and their low income can be a lot. And then also with incentives. So basically there are incentives currently being um, thrown out and it's requiring vaccines to go back to school, to go back on airplanes and go back. I'm not about airplanes, I'm sorry, but like to do a lot of different activities, right? Like for example, in a lot of states you're required to have your vaccines before you attend school, like in elementary, for example, right? That's already a thing. And so um, we're gonna see incentives like that for COVID. So like you won't get punished if you don't get the vaccine but it's in your best interest to get it because you won't be like be able to do anything, you know? Yeah, and it's like if anti-vaxxers aren't vaccinating like their kids, then they won't be able to go back to school in person, which is also like, how do you, how, you know, like that's always been a debate on like whether or not kids have that right to like decide. Um, but what confuses, not confuses me, but what kind of scares me about the vaccine is that like, let's take the COVID test, for example, like I don't think it used to be this expensive. Like they could pull the same thing and be like, oh, well, it's $20, but now all of a sudden it's 80 and then 120. It's Yeah, that's, I, I'm, that's yikes. I, I'm worried about that too. I'm so worried about that because that's the thing with capitalism <laughs> is that like that always happens. Like it's always like for shareholders and profit over like, over like literal like saving lives. I don't know. It, it, I, they could do it in a really good way and they could be just like, okay, we don't care as much we are multi-millionaire like million dollar corporations who are medically like inclined and have been doing medical things and have like financial security like let's just get this out so we don't have to worry about it and a million other businesses don't go out of business so yeah. like i don't know i think that yeah that's definitely like a reasonable concern because i feel like that could end up happening. I just really hope people don't get greedy. Like I know certain, like I was reading on like the Georgia runoff elections, um, super important. If you live in Georgia, um, um, but like Purdue and like the other, I forget her name. She's really creepy though. Like the other people running basically like not to get too partisan here, but like the Republican people, like they literally like invested in masks and like invested in all of this stock knowing that the pandemic was going to happen and literally didn't tell like Georgians they like they knew like so long before like everything went on lockdown and they like stopped like investing in stock and like certain things that they thought were like in restaurants and like certain like things that they thought were going to go to business and like like that's just been so like people have been able to manipulate it just based off of knowledge that they have. And I really hope that just doesn't happen with the vaccine. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there are many ways in which it can happen because it's like a singular vaccine, but like, it's still just a little bit concerning. Well, here's a, here's a thing that gives me hope because there are so many different companies racing for a vaccine. And when they all get developed, they're going to try and get the lowest prices because they want people to use their vaccines. So that's my one hope is that with competing with each other, they will try and get the lowest prices. Like it'll send com- competition will like incentivize the, these companies to get their prices lower so that people have access to them. So they will use their vaccine. But at the same time, there still is that risk of like they could just price gouge. And I really, really don't like that. <laughs> yeah. But like Elson said, like that's that's capitalism for you. My question is, um. Do you know any information about like how it's going to be spread like on the global scale? Like, yeah. well, so yes, there's already one country besides the United Kingdom, the first country I believe to distribute the vaccine. It was Russia with their Sputnik Five vaccine. Um, 
it's not very credited by a lot of international scientists because they have not they've not given any detailed information on the clinical trials and have very limited information on like pretty much anything. Um, from what I know is that they forced a lot of people in the they just gave it to the military people, and then um, like almost I don't want to say forced vaccinations, but like sort of, and then. Um, and then they're going to start distributing it as a general to whole, as a whole in uh, Russia, I think. But I think a lot of countries are trying to do like, um, like what I mentioned before, where it's like doing it by importance, like healthcare workers, uh, people who are immunocompromised and the general public. That's going to be yeah. the system because that's how they're doing it in the UK, I believe. Yeah, like what I brought up before, I don't, I'm like kind of just wondering like how homeless people are going to be able to yeah. access that. Uh, for them, it should probably be free because yeah, like, yeah. if your home is a lot, yeah, like it has to be free for that. I imagine, well, I remember in the distribution things, it says government run, certain government run, uh, federally run, the, excuse me there, certain federally run sites. And I imagine it's like, for example, those tent hospitals or whatever could start putting out vaccines for like homeless population. Because I imagine cities, I, at least I hope I imagine that different cities and states and countries have like plans for like homeless people because they're also very affected by this virus. And so I imagine they're going to have some sort of plan, but it should probably be made free or at least if not free, at least super, super inexpensive because like if you're homeless, you have like nothing. <laughs> yeah. Something yeah. else that scares me is like people like companies greediness. Um, I know with like COVID tests, like my school, I'm so thankful that I could get tested every week, but it's always just like, um, I don't know, like some people don't even have access to one mm -hmm. and like I have the privilege to be able to get tested every week. And so it's like, well, what if a huge school or like a really rich school like Harvard is just like, well, we don't want to buy X amount of vaccines and all of a sudden like other people in like areas where that's not accessible can't get it. I completely get that. And that, and that goes into the issue of like, I guess elitism or like if a certain group is, has an advantage over another when it comes to, mm -hmm. uh, and the reason I see certain group is because it can pretty much apply to anything, but yeah. um, because yeah, there's just so many different avenues that this can go. And it's just going to be really interesting to see what happens in these next few weeks. But I completely understand that. Yeah. I, I imagine they're going to, like I said, the trend, the U S plan, they're just trying to make it as like, a blanket thing and when I mean by blanket it's like you know, just cover everything as much as possible so they can make it as equal as possible but there's definitely going to be some sort of like um at least like some instances of inequality somewhere when it comes to distribution of the vaccine but they're trying to eliminate that margin at least as much as they can yeah well we're gonna have to see <laughs> also this episode is um quite a long one but that's okay. Um, we should probably wrap up soon. Um, I don't know. Uh, does anyone have like last thoughts? Thank you, Yvonne, by the way. He did so much research on this. Yeah. I was literally, yeah, notes. I was literally, I have like pages of notes right now because <laughs> I want to make, I did not want to spread misinformation on these vaccines because the last thing we need is some, it's like just people spewing random information without mm -hmm. any sources. And that's what we were not doing. Um, but yeah, this was a lot of fun. I want to say thank you to our listeners to, uh, for listening to us. We appreciate all the support. Conti please continue to support our COVID project as we come out with a documentary in the next few months as the pandemic begins to wind down. But hopefully. The it, hopefully, yeah. but the situation is still not from over. And also, if you know anyone that's anti-vax or you're anti-vax yourself, please 
educate yourself. I mean that not in a condescending way, but like, please. Yeah. And you know, someone's anti-vax, please give them the facts. And know that guys, guys, I'm anti-vax. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just oh. kidding. Just kidding. But yeah. Okay. Oh, um, I'm really excited to see how people will respond to this. If there's any like controversy, which there already is. Um, and I'm glad that they're already talking about how to eliminate like any classism, elitism, like they're already aware that that might be a possibility. Um, if you're working with CoVideo Project, make sure to start submitting videos. Please, again. please, we need more footage, guys. I mean, I know we, I, we all have footage because I have footage too, but like we just haven't gotten around to actually submitting it. I get it, but we need it. <laughs> if yeah. you listen to this episode the entire way through, um, DM us and we'll give you a shout out. Literally <laughs> give you a shout out. DM your favorite food. Yeah. DM your favorite, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, uh, this has been Distanced by the Video Project. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, and yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye guys. Um.